friends from college talking about what's new with Los Angeles Clippers. There's always so much to discuss. Let's jump right in. It's LA Clips Forum. It's LA Clips Forum with Jesse and Brian. Stand up so that way you don't hear this. No, you're gonna stand up what? <laughs> I'm gonna stand up so you don't hear my squeaky chair. And like I'm, I have a standing desk, so you probably hear the standing desk going up. Oh, okay. Uh, it's funny because like we don't have our cameras on, and so I'm just totally in the blue. Like I would have had no idea. Yeah, it sounds like I'm just putting a mechanical arm on. <laughs> <laughs> You're like that one dude from Mortal Kombat. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, crazy entry, right? <laughs> entrance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I thought we were just gonna go straight into it, but here we are. Cold open right now. Um, <laughs> welcome to the LA Clips Forum. You're about to interrupt that too. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, it's it's this this intro is just like the James Harden experience so far. <laughs> uh, you know, you're not wrong. Uh, before we get into James Harden, how's my Clipper mate Jesse Sandoval? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, had a rough weekend, but uh i'm feeling better now so all right hopefully the clippers feel the same way <laughs> yeah the next game's in denver so well hopefully after that <laughs> <So>. <laughs> dude if harden's not in shape right now then he's gonna have a hard time up there i don't know if he's in shape or not in shape but whatever so your life's good cool i guess yeah. we can move on to the clipper <laughs> stuff right all right we, we, we can get past the intro stuff all right so uh it's interesting because I was telling you before I went on the pod, I was like, oh, we're gonna try to tackle the the Clippers situation post James Harden trade, right? And it, it's one of those things like you made a solid point when we we're sidebarring the other day. You were just like, you know, like everyone's kind of trying to figure out what the issue is and come up with a solution to the problem, but really it's just not one thing. And I, I think you're you're pretty right on with that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just not one thing. So uh, I did put a poll up, and I was it was not my intention necessarily to use the poll. I just wanted the poll to kind of be, uh, I guess, uh, a fun thing to do on X or Twitter. Mm-hmm. But it's the answers were really interesting to me. So I put, in the fun of pointing fingers, who's at fault for the Clippers' slow start in the Uno era? If you don't know what Uno is, it's James Harden. All right. So we can start with the lowest percentage. The lowest percentage was James Harden at 14%. I thought that one was going to be significantly higher. The second one was Other, which... I thought there was three main ones that we should go with. So other, I guess, would would you know be other players or other things happening within the Clipper Nation thing. Could be the curse. It could be I don't know. And then at thirty two percent was coaching, which is Ty Lu and his staff. And then front office got thirty six percent. It was leading. It was. I guess that's Lawrence Frank. I, I an interesting person, and I want me and you. I want you to tell me where we should put him. Where do you? Where, where would you put Steve Ballmer in this? Would you put him in front office, or would you put him in other? 
I'll put him in front office. All right, so he's in front office. So if we want to talk about Steve Ballmer, we'll do it when we talk about the front office. We're going to try to go through this now. If you've ever listened to the LA Clips Forum before, whenever we try to stay on a topic or whenever we try to stick to a script, we always go on a tangent. We always just chat, right? We're going to try our best to go through each of these categories individually, although I know some of it's going to bleed into each other. But we're going to try to stick to the script today. And you could grade us on how well we did. <laughs> but so the so we're gonna go lowest to highest. So let's start off with James Harden. James okay. Harden, who I guess in terms because the Clippers have had a slow start. That's not changing it. Whether we feel optimistic or whatever about the Clippers moving forward, we could discuss that at the end of the podcast or whatever. We could discuss on another podcast. We could just never discuss that at all. <laughs> but but in terms of the Clippers' slow start to what they've had, and they are playing the Nuggets tomorrow, uh, where do you where would do you fault James Harden, and where do you not fault James Harden, Jesse? So, um, as you mentioned before, you know I, I think it's a combination of a lot of things going on, but um, for James Harden in particular, if I were to rank it, I do agree with where he's at. Um, I don't think it's fair to put all the blame on James Harden. I feel like he's played pretty decently. Um, obviously, that's just to my eyes. Uh, I know someone pointed out, um, and I never fact-checked it, so maybe I shouldn't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? I won't. It's the form, uh, it's the form way. All right, continue. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put it on fake news. Um, but you know what? From, my, from what I could see, besides last game, James Harden hasn't looked too bad. Um, it, what, what I do see is that, you know, James Harden doesn't really seem to be playing his game uh, a little bit. Like he looks like he just struggles to get spacing. And usually that's what he, well, if, you know, I'm not the biggest James Harden follower, but from what I could remember uh, when I would watch him, you know, he likes to create space and then take it to the hole and then, you know, play make. Um, it just seems like he's struggling to make space and he's struggling to like what a pick and roll with zoo. So, um, I wouldn't put him on James Harden. I think James Harden being thrown into the mix is part of the issue. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think Kawhi said, like, uh, you know, going to the, going, going into the preseason and training camp, everyone knew their roles. And now you have James Harden and everyone's trying to figure out who's who. Right. Right. So what about you? So for me, where do, okay, so I'll everyone knows I was for this trade, and I'm not gonna hide that. Even if it falls like I even said on post podcast, if it falls flat on its face, I still believe that the trade had to get done. Mm-hmm. Um so where I stand with James Harden, some of the flaws or and stuff like that, like you said, yeah, it's incorporating him. We we didn't get like a multi-time all-star in this trade so far. I'll, I'll be honest about that. There's some games where he looks like he's buying in on defense, and there's some games where he's not. He's not fighting through screens and stuff like that. He does slow down the tempo when I feel like the rest of the team might be trying to move a little faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good points. So those are, I guess, flaws with so far the James Harden experiment. I think we'll get later into coaching in front office so i'll try to save the stuff that's not 
in James Harden's control. The thing I like about what I like so far from James Harden, though, is he is finding the Clippers open for the most part. You know, it's it's not on him entirely why they sometimes are not catching passes or they're not finishing the assist that he threw them and stuff like that. Uh, the catch and shoot thing was an issue that I've noticed in the last couple games. He's tried to do the catch and shoot thing a little better. Yeah. And it's it's somewhat worked out. Uh he's yeah. not entirely rusty on his mid-range shot. What, what were we gonna add? No, I was gonna I was gonna join you on that on the catch and shoot. Honestly, when we thought about when we we're talking about the James Harden trade before it actually occurred, you know, I envisioned more of James Harden being a catch and shoot kind of guy where Russ was running point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I do agree with you on that. Like he is really struggling on the catch and shoot. Uh, besides that one clutch three hit, <laughs> yeah. Uh, out of what probably like seven, uh, he does like hesitate against. He has to do like a rhythm bounce, and it's like, yeah, like, yeah it's serious. But yeah, and, no, yeah, I agree with you. And like, we'll get into the other team a little bit, but like you know, the Russ PG stuff looks really good, while the Harden Kawhi stuff does not. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's probably just like new player. Keep in mind, like. Harden's never really played with Kawhi, maybe in an all-star game or maybe in some pickup basketball at some point, but they never really have played together. So you can see, you know, I've noticed too, there's a, like, there's been sets set up where like Harden uh, gets the ball like later in the shot clock or not later in the shot clock, but you know, like, you know, like halfway through the shot clock or whatever, where in my opinion, it should be in Russ's or James Harden's hand from the very beginning. If you're going to have two point guards and this team's been clamoring for two point guards, there should be two point guards. And <laughs> when you have two point guards on the court, they should have the ball in their hands most of the time. Yeah. Uh, But I find it where it's like James Harden's randomly getting it like on the elbow or something. And it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, all right. And then, nobody seems like they're moving around each other you know like if you watch the warriors everyone's moving if you watch the clippers everyone's kind of just standing around and i think it's everyone's like all right what's james harden gonna do and then he he does some he you know he dribbles between his legs 15 times he gets past a person and then he finds russ for a corner three and is that the shot we want everyone taking not necessarily but that's the person who's open Mm-hmm. So we'll get into later on like maybe why that's not the best thing, but like I feel like Harden hasn't had an opportunity to be James Harden. Ty Lue says that for this team to be good, James Harden has to be James Harden, and we I don't feel like we've seen it yet. But uh yeah, like I don't know if there's like I'm I'm not gonna say he's been perfect. Just the idea of James Harden has uh disgruntled the rhythm of things. Now, it's it's neither here or there to say like with the with the Clippers have struggled uh, against these teams with or without James Harden. Like like if we kept the original core, would we have struggled? We probably would have won one or two of these games, you know, with the original core. But Dallas still would have been a tough game. We probably wouldn't have gotten our asses kicked. We we would have been down by thirty at some point, maybe, but we still might have struggled and lost that game. But we probably for sure would have beaten the Grizzlies, and that just happened to be James Harden's worst game. And then we probably would have been at least the Knicks or the Nets or either or, right? So 
I guess like I, I would say our team would have been two and two on that road trip. Maybe we would we would have beaten the Lakers if we had Rocco and some wing depth in that game. But at the same time, we did have like a twenty point lead in that game too. So we can't put too much on the players who weren't there. So uh, yeah, like the idea of James Harden has certainly changed the culture for sure. So that's probably where you can make points of here. But we'll 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 go into whether that's really James Harden's fault or not. Do you have anything you want to go? Anything you want to mention about James Harden before we move on? No, I think you hit everything on. <clears throat> I think you hit every point pretty well. Okay, I'm trying my best not to get too. Because I feel like Clipper Nation has been really emotional this this week. We've been, you know, it's like you know, it's you know, like the Clippers it, are the Clippers are dead, and you know, rightfully so. <laughs> It's uh, it's, un- it's understandable. I get yeah, yeah, I get yeah. from the pr- fans' perspective, right? You you traded your your favorite player, uh, you know, a couple of your favorite players, and it's not working out the way it should be. Um, right. So yeah, I totally get the frustration. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, I don't know. It's like an SNL skit. I don't know. <laughs> Just like yeah, it, it's I'm trying I'm trying my best to be somewhat objective. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying also, but I am very subjective. I am someone who who bought a lot of stock in us making this trade happen. Uh, it's it's kind of a, but we'll we'll, we'll move on to that because I I do I do have a lot of points in terms of like Tyler in the front office. I'm gonna get across, and maybe that's when I'm gonna start getting a little subjective. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the other. Okay. We've decided to put Steve Ballmer in front office, so we'll probably just talk about other players. So, is there any players that you want to like, you know, give credit to or not credit to the start off? Any players wow. that are frustrating you, not frustrating you? <laughs> um, there's a couple players. Um, I'll start off with Norman Powell. Uh, I think aside from the good game that he had against the Grizzlies, he's been lackluster, um, to say the least. <laughs> Lackluster uh, is being pretty nice for having the worst <laughs> plus minus in a game in, uh, in ten minutes. That's yeah, crazy. Um, yeah. I just yeah, I don't I don't know what I thought, man. I thought this guy could be a catch and shoot kind of guy, but he just struggles. <laughs> he just struggles to catch the ball and like and just throw it up. Like he hesitates. He always like there's so many there's so many instances where I've seen him like you know. Instead of taking the three, he doesn't hesitate, and then like he like he like drives to the to the rim that's already cluttered, and mm-hmm. like hopes to get bailed out by a foul call, and it gets frustrating over and over again seeing that. Um, I'm hoping that the Grizzlies game is a turning point to what he can be for us, but um, so far he's been and 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 this it's been it's been like this since before James Harden. Let's let's be honest. Like, even right. when we had those couple wins, he he still wasn't playing that great. Yeah, Norm Norman Powell. My thing about him is, and I'm sure there's some stat that will counter what I'm about to say. It's just he doesn't he just does not seem consistent at all. Like you can't you the reason why when we first traded for him, we thought he could probably be part of like a big three, even if he was going to come off the bench. You know. We we thought he could probably even take some pressure off Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris, and he's getting paid 
whether like roughly close to what Marcus Morris was getting paid or now more. Um, Mari's probably around the same, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> the point was that we thought, he, and the thing is, he's just not consistent. He's not someone we could rely on. Like, yeah, he gave us a 40 point game in the first round of the playoffs, but he's just not very consistent. And the existence of Norman Powell, and I know people are going to point at the James Harden thing, but I'm just going to be real about it. The existence of Norman Powell is probably why Bones is not playing. Like, everyone's going to say it's James Harden why Bones is not playing. And yes, that that's it on the surface. But if you, you know, you peel, peel the, 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 the surface off a little bit, it's because Norman Powell's there. And we don't need two guys who can't rebound, who can't play defense, who are just out there to score playing together. We could use one of them, but obviously, and we're going to end up using the $18 million one. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it is what it is unless we move on from him and we may we may we might it might end up being the trade deadline and norms 18 million but you know that's that's not a pretty contract for another team to take on either so we'll have to figure out what that looks like later and i guess it's on the front office a player that i want to bring up and i'm going to start this off by saying He's a good value, and he's a good player at his position. Zoo is a very good center. Mm-hmm. Very good center. But he's probably not a good fit with this team. And I'm saying that based on someone who's watched Zoo for years, and yes, he, he is an efficient player. When you look at the stats, his field goal percentage is pretty good. and something. But we've been seeing this guy for years. Not look super fast at times, you know, uh, not be able to catch the ball, uh, not be able to get rebounds, not be able to put the ball up hard, uh, gain the ball taken from him from smaller people. Like, and I understand that's not entirely on Zoo. I know it's, it's, it's sometimes on roster construction, sometimes it's on coaching, but we're now at in a position where we have a playmaker who wants to find Zoo, who wants to do pick and rolls and gives Zoo. And how many times has Harden thrown a pretty decent pass to Zoo and it just ends up in another player's hands? Because Zoo doesn't look like he's ready for it or it bounces off his hands or whatever. And me and you used to defend Zoo a lot. We used to make jokes that people kept throwing it at his shins and his knees and stuff like that. <laughs> But now we're in a position where we have a point guard. And yes, the pass might not get there perfectly, but Harden is putting it in spots where only Zoo could get it and Zoo's not getting it. And the very first play of like James Harden (laughs) was finding Zoo in the bottom of the paint. Zoo goes up with with the basketball and he does not finish the hoop. Yeah. And you know what? I I used to probably be okay with it and I'm going to look up a stat right now. And give me a quick second. If you want to add anything on Zoo real quick, go for it while I look no, this yeah. up. I I I think you I think you made a really good point about Zoo. Um I will say this about Zoo and I I feel like that could get better as time goes on when James Harden and Zoo develops more of a chemistry with each other cuz you know uh, I think Zoo's struggling with it. So, because obviously, like you mentioned, like they didn't, we never played through Zoo before, and now he's has a point guard that likes to look for the center. So, maybe this is something that can 
you know, over time develop into a weapon uh, for us. But um, even before we had James Harden, he just struggled catching the ball. So it's it's it, it's hard because you we love Zoo. He yeah. is a very he's a very dependable center. And when I say that, what what I mean by when I say that is he's always available. He rarely gets injured. Yeah. Uh, he's probably like the cornerstone for health wise for this team, but it is infuriating to see, you know, <laughs> to see a guy that's being set up over and over again, or like, but like there's time I totally understand like you know, there's times where like n- not all the guards are boxing out and Zeus struggling. Right. But mm-hmm. dude, there's like so many times where he's just like, he waits for the ball to come to him. And then like, what, what happens? A guard comes out of nowhere and rebounds it. Like he he does an offensive rebound because he's willing to fight for it, and it's it's frustrating. Like I, I don't know if that's just coaching, poor coaching from Ty Lue, like not telling the guys to crash crash the boards. Um, it's it's frustrating at times. Yeah, especially if you're gonna play a little smaller too. And now that we are playing a lot smaller around Zoo, that yeah. it's like people should be crashing the boards. Like you shouldn't be trying to get back in transition. You should be crashing the boards. Yeah, and, and that's not like because there's also there's also um you know there was also plays where Z was out and none of the guards were like crashing the boards or wings and they just wait for the ball to get to them. But geez, someone just sorry about that. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even hear it. So oh uh, okay, I, I, there's like a there's a cop driving by um <laughs> but uh he's like it's all it's all zeus fault he's just like, yeah i'm sorry about that guys <laughs> um what was i gonna say um you know what i forgot my point um, all right go ahead bring up your stat so my stat what i wanted to bring up is there's a common theme with the zoo stuff i want to bring up is he constantly will get fouled going up to the basket and he doesn't tend to finish i don't care what anyone says the guy will get hit with the ball. The ball will fly in the airs, and he'll go to the free throw line. When I felt like it could have been a three-point play, it ends up being a two-point play, right? But the stat I want to bring up, and yes, he was not shooting as many free throws back in back when he was on the Lakers, but when he was on the Lakers, he was shooting 86.4% for the free throw line. Yes, he was not playing that much, right? But then he starts going to the Clippers, and he starts playing a little bit more, right? He shoots, he shoots 73.3% in 2018. He shoots 74.7% in 2019. And then he shoots 78.9% in the 2021 season. And that might have been, you know, I think that's the season of no fans, correct? I could be, I could be wrong. <laughs> um, and then he shoots 72.7%, which keep in mind, these are all serviceable free throw percentages for centers. Last year, he shot 69.7%, which is still serviceable, but it's still low compared to what we expect from Zoo. This year, he's shooting 59.3%. So Zoo is taking potential three-point plays, and he's walking away with one point. That's not efficient. I don't care what anyone says. Like, And that's what the frustrating thing with Zoo is. Like, And keep in mind, so that's that's about 60%. You know, so if he shoots five free throws, he's making about three, but it's, 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 it's also varied to the point where he might not make that three, right? So he might be two out of five. And 
So he'll shoot 10 free throws, make six. You know, that's pretty good. But you know who's also shooting low free throw percentages this year compared to the past? You know, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. The whole team's not shooting free throws, and that could be a coaching thing. But, and I'll I'll, I'll stress this right now. Zoo is a very good defensive center. He he protects the paint pretty well, and he's not really caught out of position too much on defense. And if he is, it's usually because of someone else's fault. And he's and he is extremely important because of some of the decisions the front office is making right now by not having a backup center. Like having Zoo's extremely important to this team currently, but he needs to play better. He it's just he just flat out does. Mm-hmm. And I do see the potential of him and Harden working out. It's we're only like a week into this experiment. You know what I mean? So like I'm I'm op- I'm gonna say this right now before we move forward. I'm optimistic that the James Harden thing is gonna work. I'm I'm optimistic. I'm I'm optimistic that's gonna work with Zoo. I'm optimistic that's gonna work with Russ. I'm optimistic that's gonna work with them. But from far from what I'm seeing, I don't see it happening. I guess we can move on to Russ then. <laughs> <laughs> because Russ has actually been, in my opinion, playing pretty well. And he plays pretty well with PG and Kawhi. He does not play extremely well when Harden's on the court. But you can make the point that no one's playing well with Harden on the court. He has like a minus <laughs> like 500 or no. Uh, so... uh. Where are you at with Russ in this whole experiment? <laughs> Everyone knows <laughs> I am a Russ fan. Okay. I was so excited to get Russ on this team. I said he was worth it. Um, and you know, I still I still feel that way, but I, I do see the flaws in Russ. Um, you know, we had a side conversation when I talked about Russ's attitude, right? Russ's perspective is he still believes he still has a lot in the tank. You know, and he still thinks that he's that guy. Uh, we have, I feel like we have a lot of passive stars, James Harden, PG, Kawhi. And when everyone's struggling and no one's speaking up to get the ball, Russ is going to have the attitude of, you know what, whatever, I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to make something happen if you guys aren't for it. And love it or hate it, he, that's how he is. And like we saw that, what, what game was it? The Knicks? No. Mavs, the one where he shot like 18, 18 times. Well, he, I think that's every game. <laughs> <laughs> but well, last game was good. I, uh, I, I think it was the next game, but I, I think he's he's shot close to that number in every game. Yeah, and you know he, he that's just his attitude, right? Like if no one's going to step up, no one's going to speak up. He's going to do it. He's going he's going to be the one to will the team into into a victory. So. Um, those are great qualities, but you know, sometimes you need to have some discernment and understanding that you are not the best player on this on this team. Um, but there have been some positives. I I think I believe you know Russ has value for this team, and I believe it's on the bench. I, I think you know, since we lack size, um, because we don't have a second, you know, backup center, mm-hmm. he has you know, the athleticism to rebound. He can play pretty decent de- team defense. And that I, I would like to see that a little bit more with ter- like Terrence Mann in the second unit. 
So I, I, I believe there is like a value to have Russ on this team, but the way like Ty Lu started this whole, you know, everyone's starting, there's so much redundancy. It's, it's infuriating to see. Yeah. And if we're going to continue seeing it, then I want to see better sets from Ty. I guess we'll, we'll get into him in a minute. So Russ uh, has been, he shot 13 shots in the Memphis game, 11 shots in the Dallas game, 18 against Brooklyn. So I guess that's the one you're referring to it in 13 against the Knicks. And yeah, like you're right. I, I think that combo we had of, uh, what was it? Um, uh, I think it was Terrence Mann, PG, Russ. Yeah, that combo in the Memphis game really got him back in the game, and I I do like that. And I'm even thinking like in the first quarter. I know Ty likes to have Kawhi play the entire quarter, but I think I'd rather see Paul George play the entire quarter, and then have Russ come in for Harden with like maybe six minutes to go or something in the quarter. Mm-hmm. And then it's Russ, PG, and Terrence at the end of the first quarter going into the second quarter. And then you can put Kawhi and Harden back in yeah. and see. And, you know, like I think like if if we could – because what's happened is either our starting lineup is putting them in a hole or our bench like solidifies that hole. Because <laughs> there was like – there was moments in the, in, the, in the games where the starting lineup looked okay to start the game. And then there was moments where like I think in the Memphis game they started like – uh, minus seven the starting lineup at the beginning of the game and then at the beginning of the half. So, and I think a lot of people are pointing at Russ that he's the one who's you know, some people are saying Harden should go on the bench, and it's like, you know what, let's let's all just chill and figure this out. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you know, for some reason, it, it just it, I just thought of uh, PG's, I think, what was it, two seasons ago when P when we had a ton of depth, but. You know, PG and Kawhi were coming back, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're, we there's so much uh, there's so much talent on this team that like it's like an all star game, or not all star game, where like it's like the you know playing playing in the Olympics. It's just yeah, so much talent. Just go out there and play whoever whoever's yeah. available. Right. <laughs> and like, and uh, I I mean, aside from the, I, I do think we have a lot of talent on this team, and it, it's it's infuriating to see how how badly we're struggling because it's doesn't seem like it's working out. It doesn't seem like you can just throw stars out there and things get done. It seems like there needs to be a lot of chemistry. Is there another player you want to bring up? Because I think we're we're getting into coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. Well, I, let's, well, let's get into coaching. So <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and think I'm a better coach than Tyler. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. And I still hold a little bit of optimism that – playoff Lou will figure this out you know if playoff Lou could figure this out in November that'd be great I'm afraid that Ty Lou, playoff Lou is going to wait till April and we didn't make the playoffs because of him uh, it, I'll give him some credit not a lot for acknowledging the issues and publicly telling us what the issues are and it's, it's so at least we know that he knows that we know that he knows what the issues are, but, and he, he sounded a little doc, like in the last, you know, you know, doc rivers infamously will never take, uh, will never take responsibility for anything. <laughs> Ty Lu in the last game, which I'm sure he was frustrated was basically like, Hey, you know, I'm telling them I'm showing them blah, blah. It's up for them to do it. You know, he's saying that the team's too slow, you know, the team's standing around, stuff like that. And he's not wrong. 
you know, and uh, I haven't coached on the NBA level, but I know how it feels to like run something in practice and then for no one to do it when the game starts. Don't don't sell yourself short, man. Uh, Tell them your credentials. I was once a freshman basketball coach, you know, and I've and I've and I coached a lot of youth te- youth teams to championships, you know. But uh, you know, I'm no Ty Lue, though. You know, I don't have an NBA ring to my re- resume yet, so I just want to throw that out there. We we come on this show and we t- we we talk a lot of crap and we 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 pretend that we don't like get too into analytics and stuff, but for, for, for <laughs> but like I, I do. <laughs> You know, like, I just, I just, don't, I just feel like it's really, it's. I, I actually think, personally, to me, it's there's so much more to basketball than stats and analytics, and I feel like a lot of podcasts will cover those things already. I, I think you're just trying to sugar, sugarcoat it. I think we're more like Donald Trump's campaign. We like to use facts when it's more, <laughs> you know, when it benefits us. Uh, uh, I, I'd prefer if we we weren't compared to that, but. <laughs> But moving on the loop. We're not shitty people. It's like <laughs> <laughs> really, not to be. Uh so uh so office, yeah. But no, 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 front off, sorry, code. <laughs> Tyler. Code. He does I'm surprised because I texted you on Friday. I was like, we lose to the Memphis Grizzlies, the one in eight Grizzlies. Like you, you, I I honestly feel like you don't even have to go out there and coach that much. You just need a the talent alone should get the job done. And we lost to the one and eight Grizzlies. And I told you, and I was like, "Hey, it's Jesse. When do you want a podcast?" And they're like, "Do you want to do it Sunday night after the game, or do you want to do it Monday?" And we both agreed. I was like, yeah, "Maybe we should do it Monday, just in case Tyler gets fired Monday morning, <laughs> that we could we'll have we'll be able to talk about it instead of having to do another emergency podcast." No, Ty Lue's going to coach into Denver on Tuesday night, and he'll. We probably won't do that great, and you know, if we could still win, that'd be great. But I don't know. So Ty Lue's at least going to keep his job through this week, and he might keep his job in general. Who knows? And I'm not out here clamoring for someone to get fired. I'm just surprised how much patience this organization has for him, based on how last season went. And the fact that they landed James Harden and we can't seem to win a game. And not only can we, we don't seem to win a game. It doesn't look pretty. Like there's no progress. It looks like the rotations are questionable. Certain players are playing that we're like, why is that player playing? And I have my opinions that that's somewhat on the front office as well, but it is on tie to be playing some of these people and, you know, well, PJ Tucker's getting some minutes over Musa. You know, Musa played a lot in the Grizzlies game, and he actually didn't look too bad. Uh, yeah, some of these rotations, uh, play. You know, like the fact that like I, I, he goes on the media and says he wants a ten game sample size, and we're like, well, we're on four. We don't have a lot of sample size left. <laughs> you know, uh, it's. It's it's frustrating. I've seen coaches fired for less. I'm not saying I want Ty Lue out. I just want him to coach with maybe a little bit more urgency. Like, I don't want him to coach as comfortably as he's looked. And maybe he's not comfortable. And maybe there are words being told to him behind the scenes of, like, you got to figure this out by X date or we're going to find somebody else. But... If that was the case, 
I don't think uh, I don't think Tyloo would be starting Russ and James Harden again after three really bad performances. Like the Dallas game was a wake up call, and the Memphis game certainly was a wake up call. And now you're going to go to Denver. You're going to struggle there. And then after that, what's the plan? <laughs> you know, and I just it's just I think the whole thing with the Tyloo situation is he's not giving us a ton of confidence that he has a plan after the Nuggets. I'll give him a pass for the Nuggets game because I just based on how things have been looking, I have zero expectations for that game. I have hope, but I don't have expectations. <laughs> but so after that Denver game though, he's got to show us something in my opinion. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll let you have the floor for a minute. You know, to to your point about, you know, Ty Lue's job and where if it's on stake right, if it's at stake right now. You know, it, to me right now, the Clippers organization looks like a dumpster fire. And if you're going to get rid of Ty Lue, the question is who's willing to be in the next hot seat? Um, I just, if I'm a coach that's like sitting and waiting for a team that, you know, that's looking for somebody, I don't know if I want to join the Clippers. Um, you just traded Harden, right? You gave up two first round picks. There's nothing much you can do with them, right? You, like, how, how are you going to trade for a, like a you know all star player? Get give up two first round picks and ask him to be on the bench. And will he be able to you know buy into that? That's that's the question, right? So it's just it doesn't seem like that head coach position is really desirable for anybody. Maybe you can hire the you know have the interim coach, probably one of the coaches in the staff step up, but probably Dan Craig, Dan Craig, but. Even then, like he's on staff, so I mean, how much can it change, right? But we said that about Doc Rivers when Tyler took over. So, um, yeah, just sorry for going on a tangent. It doesn't look like it's a desirable job for anybody. Um, I, I will say this: that I, I do like, I do like some of the uh, plays that he made or moves that he made, which he staggered two stars at a time. I think that's 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 one way to deal with having. Um, so much star power in one ball, right? Um, but the combination of the players is questionable at times. Um, and his decision-making, I mean, you can look at it from two different perspectives. He takes out Russ, who is the hot hand, and then he puts in James Harden. And, you know, Brian, you pointed out, like, that was a shitty move. Yeah, I told I you yesterday, I told you yesterday when we were playing video games, I was like, <laughs> as much as I like James Harden, I was absolutely okay with him not going back in that game. And that also sends a message to the team, to the fans, that you're like, no, it doesn't matter who's in and who's not at the end. I'm going to try to win these games. And he put James Harden in. And yeah, he made a clutch three, but then he airballed another one. So uh, yeah, you could carry on with your point. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I, I mean, from from that perspective, yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Bad move, but uh, I, you can also see in the perspective that, that he's willing to make the tough decisions. And everyone talks about how difficult it is to, you know, take out Russ, you know, because he still believes he's that guy. And for Russ to do that and send a message to Russ as well is, I'm going to make the best decision I believe it's possible. So you're going to deal with it regardless. Um, so. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, 
I, I feel like I have so much I want to say about Ty that I can't, it, the words don't know how to put it into normal sentences right now. And it's some of it's, some of it's, most of it's negative. Yeah. You know what? But, but getting, to, we're going to talk about the front office and I, and I'll admit, I don't think the front office is doing him any favors. Yeah. So that's the thing. I want to add more to it, but I feel like it's not a hundred percent on, on Ty. Um, so yeah, we're going to, go to the front well, office. let's move on to the front office. Cause like I said, these things will bleed into each other and then we'll probably give our final thoughts overall at the end. The front office. I'm going to say this right now. Thank you for getting James Harden. That was the move you were supposed to do. But then you also traded four power forwards, which I've said all summer, they're all zeros. Anyways, just trade them all. Who cares? But, if they made this trade, and I know um, I can't change the past, so I'm going to make this point now, and hopefully I don't ever have to bring it up again. If you made this trade in July, then you could look at the free agent market after that and be like, huh, maybe I should pick up one of these wings or one of these power forwards or one of these centers to fill in the gaps of the players we just lost. But now we're looking at a much thinner free agent pool to fill in these gaps and the front office decided to give josh primo who i guess has been doing excellent in the g league i haven't looked at how well he's doing today but he's doing really good apparently they gave him an nba contract and we still have a lack of size on the bench which means with the mason Plumley injury we have really only zoo and musa kobe brown right now is going down to the G League instead of flying to Denver. So, did I say Kobe Brown or Musa? My brain, I, I got so I got so into the moment. <laughs> you said you said you said Kobe Brown. Okay, Kobe Brown's now going to he's now going to G League instead of flying to Denver. So we have Musa and Zoo going against the best center in the league tomorrow. I don't know if this was Ty's decision. I don't think it was. I think it was the front office. So even then, even though I know Kobe was not going to play probably tomorrow night, that he probably was the best thing for his development was probably to play in the G League. I'll I'll recognize that. But it's comical that the perception of this is so unserious that you are going to have two centers, one that you barely even want to play, go against the best center in the league tomorrow. And by the time people listen to this podcast, it will be tonight. And then on top of it, you're technically your small ball center, your backup center, your really only other power forward on the roster is a 39 to 40 year old PJ Tucker who's barely 6'5 and looks like a dude in a jersey most of the time. And. So it's fine if that if you wanted to ride the wave and you thought we could win some games or whatever without having power forwards, it's fine. Whatever. You got the guy. Now you got to do things on the margins. You got to clean up the rest of the roster. And the fact that they just like put their hands in their pockets, sat down and not doing anything is unserious. And so congratulations, you got the guy, but your job shouldn't be finished and you shouldn't have to wait till December and January to figure out if you can move Norm or not or whatever. 
You should do something now. Mason Plumley was hurt last Monday. You figured out the di- the diagnosis of his injury, and he's going to be out at least two months, six weeks, whatever. And we're going to go play the best center in the league tomorrow or tonight. <laughs> and you haven't picked up anybody yet to be the backup center. When we had this was not we have a clear cut sample size of last year without having a backup center and what the te- what it could do to the team. And you're not going to pick up someone when you know Plumlee's out for two months? Like, it's so unserious at the front office. And so I feel like the bare minimum this entire organization could do is go get a backup center. The bare minimum they could do is go get a backup center. Then, if you're completing the roster at least a little bit, then the excuses could stop being made for Ty. And if you get rid of Ty or you move on from Ty or whatever, then the excuses can start being placed on the players, right? Now, it's a little mixture of everyone, and some excuse should be, I mean, no excuses should be given to anybody at this point, really, either. But the front it starts with the front office. Do we believe they should have gotten James Harden? Yes. Should they have done it earlier? Yes. Did they do it now? Cool. Better sooner than later. But then you have to to continue doing your job. And even and then even when there's a situation that forces you to do your job, when Mason Plumlee's out, you decide to sit on your hands and what? Continue to evaluate the situation? Continue to let Ty Lu play PJ Tucker? Then hell, PJ Tucker's looked okay at sometimes, but he's still a 39-year-old 6'5 dude playing center for this team. Like it's super unserious. Jesse, you have the floor. <laughs> I don't think I can follow up that honestly. Um, no, I do. I do agree with you. It's funny because, like, I, I will say my point, and I changed my perspective a lot since our last conversation. Because, you know, when you first brought this up, uh, and you mentioned this before, I think it was during the Nets game. You you said, was it during the Nets game? The Nets game. Can't can't remember. It might have been. It was probably after the Nets game because I believe me and you had a conversation where you're like, "Hey, we have three stars, maybe four, including Russ. There should be no excuses." Yeah, Yeah. and uh, you know that that was my tune for for a while until this last game, (laughs) where it it just we struggled to have to have height, man. Like sometimes when Zoo's not playable, you know, Biombo's out there and we're getting out rebounded. And it, it's infuriating to see that we're not making any moves to address those issues. And you're you're right. The sooner you get that, the sooner you're able to evaluate what else needs to be done. If you have the talent, or not the talent, but you, if you have the bodies, now you can assess the situation and say, okay, well, maybe Ty's the issue. And then that gives Slave Bomber to make the tough decision whether or not to get rid of Ty. But we're wasting time. Uh, it's... It's frustrating. I, I agree, and I, and I that's not the perspective I have, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you, Brian. I appreciate that. You don't have to, but I appreciate that. Also, I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on real quick, a little bit. I, I'm wondering if Lawrence Frank is not making the move because he's not the one that closed the deal for James Harden, and he's like, all right, if everyone wants to do my job for me, then go ahead and do it. I don't know. He's probably not that kind of guy, but it's just, I don't know. It just seems, it just seems like in my opinion, Lawrence Frank, Ty Lue, 
Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden's a free agent, Russell Westbrook's a good free agent. In my opinion, everybody's seat should be at least a little toasty. <laughs> like it's at the bare minimum, it's toasty. Like this whole thing could be blown up in the in the offseason. And nobody has any urgency. If that's Lawrence Frank's perspective, you know, this wasn't my call. So I'm just going to sit on my ass and not do anything. This is a terribly ran organization. And Steve Ballmer needs to get a hold of this as soon as possible. How can you have a, you know, president of basketball operations act like that and just want to see this organization fail instead of, you know what, you guys wanted it, but let's, you know, let's do our best to, to accomplish what we need to accomplish. So I'm going to make the calls. I'm going to figure out what we need to do and get it done. It's, it's, it shouldn't be ran like that at all. Yeah. But, maybe, I, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. I agree with you, Brian. Like, it, it seems like Ty, Ty Lue and Lawrence Frank, you know, back to Russ, were such at odds end. <laughs> like, they, they weren't willing to budge in their perspective. Yeah. And even going back to the Russ thing, like, Lawrence was wrong about. And it's funny because I think Lawrence Frank is a good GM. He's a good front office guy. He He's made some good deals. He flipped a bunch of nobodies and got Norm Powell. And if you think about it, the Norm Powell thing doesn't look so great anymore. <laughs> you know, being wrong about the Russ thing doesn't look so great. And to be honest, him not pulling the trigger in the summer for Harden is probably not a good look for him either. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm extremely frustrated with the front office because I feel like out of everyone, whether it's Russ learning how to play with Harden or vice versa, getting the stars all aligned, getting Ty Lue to figure out a way to make it work. The easiest thing that could be done at this moment is just go find a backup center. We have an open roster spot and there's at least four or five capable centers. And even if you made the wrong call on one, you at least put in a body there. That's not PJ Tucker. And I don't mind if PJ Tucker gets spot minutes there and there, but he shouldn't be a key part of this rotation. He was a throw in to this trade. <laughs> like he's a he he doesn't shoot the ball, and when he does, it's usually not pretty. He made a three in the last game. Uh hey yo, what the tuck? You know, <laughs> like I, I just have a feeling that Lawrence Banks looking at like the Houston Rockets highlights and like that's what we got right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and so he's like, and I don't, I don't know. Like, I think like it, to me, it's a progressive thing that the Clippers need to do moving forward. And I don't know if like they, they should have been taking the next step. And to be honest, like it shouldn't, we shouldn't be a week away from the Plumley injury and not have something be done, you know? And and maybe it's on Ty Lue because Lawrence Frank is like, I'm not going to go out there and sign another player into our luxury tax or whatever. When you have a capable first round pick in Kobe Brown, play the kid. And then Ty Lue's like, I'm not going to play the kid. Maybe that's the issue. You know what I mean? But there's got to be something there. And if it's if people are not working together, they've been here long enough where it's like, all right, you're you're part of the issue. Let's move on. And maybe at and then I'm going down the thing now. It's like maybe it is the players, maybe it's Kawhi, maybe it's Paul George, maybe it's Harden or us or whatever. And maybe it is. Maybe it straight up is it's James Harden. 
but James Harden, four games into his Clippers tenure, I believe he deserves somewhat of a pass until we're about 20 games into the James Harden tenure. Then we're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe this was a terrible idea. (laughs) You know what I mean? But the Clippers had to do something. And knowing the Clippers, they waited way too long to do it. You know, and now we are where we are. And we're trying to figure it out on the fly. And you know what? If we went into training camp with James Harden and Ty Lue was 10 games into the season, still starting Russ and Harden, then maybe, yeah, Ty Lue's the issue. But you know what? You got to set the guy up. You got to set the guy up to succeed. And that's where I'll leave it. Yep. No, you, have, you have any final thoughts on the the Clippers probably most like dark timeline <laughs> in in one of in their history almost it feels like you know I was thinking about like what could be the possible reasons for the front office not acting and I was just thinking maybe it was just Steve Ballmer unwilling to continue to give up assets and you know continue to go further into luxury tax for this 213 era but it's it's hard for me to think that when you've already given up for so much for Harden, like I feel like you're t- at this point you're tied into it now, right? Like you you have the anchor tied to your tied tied to your ankle, and now you're sinking with it. So either way, yeah, it's a terrible analogy, but like you're stuck with it now, so you have right. to see it through. So I don't really think that may be the reason, but it's just. It's a, it's a very frustrating point right now, but I'm still optimistic. Um, you mentioned it before. I'm still going to give it 20 games. Not 20 games, maybe a little bit less than that, probably 15, and really see and assess the situation. But to say that it's just one thing, I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of things going on. Oh, I think it's a, it's a combination of all of it. Yeah. You know, every everyone should be looking themselves in the mirror and then having a discussion about it as a team and as an organization and figuring out figuring out how to fix it. And maybe they see something that we don't. You know, maybe they have like apparently there was rumors last week from Shams that the Clippers were looking at Daniel Tice in uh Indiana. And I'm like, okay, well, what else do we have to get up to get that guy then? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to give up that much more. You know, if we could trade PJ Tucker for Daniel Tice, sign me up. You know, but I don't know if Indiana would do that, right? So, I I don't know. It's uh, I think we're gonna probably. I wouldn't be surprised if we're in the same mindset next week. I I think things are probably gonna get more frustrating moving forward. But I have optimism that this can work. I I guess just in general, I want to see more urgency from the organization as a whole. Would you give up a second round pick for Thice? If we have one, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Might as well go all in. And that's the thing. Like James Harden's your third highest paid player. He makes over thirty million dollars. You guys got to figure out how to make the harder thing work. Like let's let's be real. Russ makes three million dollars. Harden makes thirty. Let's try to make it work. You know, and uh, yeah, I would. If if it was a second round pick plus PJ Tucker to make the money work, sign me up all day. I would do that right now. I would, I I would pull Steve Ballmer and go call Indiana and make the deal happen myself. Like, <laughs> do I think Daniel Tice is going to solve all our issues? No, not necessarily. <laughs> he's, he's he's barely six nine, shoots like thirty percent from three, and but you know what? 
uh, he played good in the FIBA World Cup or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, yeah, dude. Like, if if that's what we if that's what we have to do, at least it's doing something. And I and I, it's funny that like that was like the quote that I overused with the Harden thing. It was like, well, they got to do something. And it's funny that we got James Harden. I feel like that it's still <laughs> it's still something I have to say out loud. Well, you got to do something. <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> like, so and and I think like the Clippers, you know, like I think we all had this idea of like, well, okay, well they trade all those power forwards, they'll eventually, you know, refill the position, and it's the Anakin uh, meme. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, just... you trade our wings for Harden, you're gonna get some wings, right? You're gonna <laughs> get some wings, wings right? <laughs> <laughs> just Lord Frank smiling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a lot to be said still, and we'll probably get to continue saying it throughout the year. And, you know, as our friend Jake likes to say, just enjoy the season. And if you're a James Harden guy, enjoy James Harden on your team. If you're not a James Harden guy, well, all I can say is it's, uh, you're probably low-key enjoying that you might have been right the whole time. <laughs> so, uh, yep. Uh, on that note, if you have nothing else to say, Jesse... You can find our pod wherever you find your pod. You can find us on Twitter slash X at LA Clips Forum. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll drop the Hardenheimer stuff when people, I think, like this idea uh, that James Harden's on the team. <laughs> I think you know. Uh, I don't. I don't know how many people are going to hold us to the fire if we never drop that. <laughs> uh, but uh, you have any final thoughts, Jesse? Be optimistic. Let's give this team a chance. Yeah, just have some hope. Like, what else are you going to do right now? Like, I don't know what football teams you're for, but there's no baseball going on. Soc- uh, MLS is about the end, you know, unless you're into hockey. There's that, I guess. Like, you know what? Right now, the Clippers might be the only game in town for some fans. So just just until something comes back to take your mind off of it. And it's not like the MCU is doing that great either. You're like, you know, so just, yeah, just, you know, just do your thing. I'm dealing with two frustrating coaches at the time <laughs> at the moment. So yeah, you know, I'm 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 out here hoping the Rams lose so we could put ourselves in the Caleb sweepstakes and they just keep trying to win. Like I heard Matthew <laughs> Stafford's gonna try to come back this week. I'm like, please dude, just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> like you got my guy, dude. Uh, you like, got Super Bowl ring, dude. Chill. <laughs> like, please, please, please just sit down, my friend. Go spend a Sunday with your family. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm, I'm watching Arthur Smith waste three <laughs> three top five talents. <laughs> No, the worst part about the Memphis Grizzlies game yesterday is I'm watching the Clippers look absolutely terrible against the worst team in the league, and I'm over here looking at all my fantasy teams just get absolutely slaughtered at the same time. So I have dread just coming in, for, like a dark cloud just coming in from both angles yesterday while I'm watching uh, Harden airball three in the final minute. I'm just like, oh, man, this is this is – and then I have to take the long drive home from uh, crypto.com because the Clippers made it a, a tight game. So I couldn't like leave in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so now I have to leave at the same time as everybody else. <laughs> you know, so it's just uh, so on that note, uh, you guys could be doing anything with your time. And you just spent uh, you just listen to us break down our thoughts on the Clippers. And, you know, yeah, so. You'll be doing anything with your time, but you spent it with us and we appreciate it. We're out. Later. <laughs>